Welcome to Going Ape, a weekly podcast about adaptive physical education, hosted by me, Christine Rostad, and Adam Rodriguez. This year, the ability to reach every student where they are is more important than ever. On this podcast, we'll follow the journey of teachers and district officials on the road to recovery. Join us as we discuss how we can become energized and secure in the knowledge that we are doing our personal best. Each Thursday, a new episode is released to spark life, encouragement, and passion into the minds and hearts of educators. The Thursday, which means that it must be another Going Ape podcast day. I've got two special guests with me today. I've got a new co-host, give it out to Michael Roth. He's going to be my co-presenter. And our guest today is Miss Cynthia Parks. Hello. Adaptive PE teacher, but also the head of delegation for Special Olympics. Can you um, just briefly tell us what that means and what does the head of delegation do? Well, typically a head of delegation tries to help coordinate all the coaches and teams within their um, your grouping to enter them into state competitions, area competitions, things like that. It involves um, communicating with Special Olympics Texas, um, making sure all medicals are current and valid, and just a lot of paperwork and a lot of organizing and a lot of details. So so can you just kind of go over what um, Northeast does when it comes to Special Olympics and how the adaptive PE teachers are involved in all that? So during a t- typical school year, our adaptive PE teachers will take our um, Special Olympic kiddos to um, bowling alleys to practice two to three times, and then we'll have our local competition where elementaries will compete against other elementary schools, our middle schools will compete against each other, and then our high schools will compete against each other. And during all of this, we have a lot of pals from the high schools come and help and cheer on our athletes. We have a lot of occupational therapists and physical therapists come in to help us organize and um, just to cheer everybody on. After that, we'll um, compete normally in area competition for bowling and sometimes we do state if it's within the San Antonio area. And that's all in the winter time. In I'm sorry, in the fall. In the winter, we compete right. in basketball. Can I ask you a question? You had mentioned pals. Can you can you expound on pals and and maybe what they do for people that aren't aware of that program? Because it's such a wonderful program. So maybe you can expound on how they help and and who they are and what they do. Well, typically, a pal is a secondary student who is. I'm not. I don't even remember what it stands for. So I'm all elementary normally, but um, they basically they work with our students during the um, school day, and during competitions they'll um, assist our students, assist our adaptive PE coaches in um, making sure that the kids are having fun, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and are successful in whatever it is that we put in front of them. So they're general ed kids who come along with us and help us to cheer on our kids so yeah it's really a cool program we we didn't have it at the old district that i was at and it's just such a wonderful program to have and i'm just so glad that we have it in our in our district so i wanted to it's it's a lot of fun um 
and it's great to see them definitely during track and field when they're all just kind of hanging out in between events and just having fun. Um, the pals and the Special Olympic kiddos, it's just it's really a cool thing to see. Um, so in, in the fall, we do bowling. In the wintertime, we do basketball. And with basketball in elementary, during a traditional school year, minus COVID, we, um, for elementary, we do a skills assessment, a skills test, a skills competition, where different elementary schools will compete against others um, in dribbling, in a wall pass, and in spot shooting. And uh, sometimes we have pals come along with that and help us to um, organize our stations and, again, cheer on our kids and hand out ribbons, things like that. Our secondary, they compete in a, um, a bracket on a Saturday. We've been hosting at Reagan High School, and the teams will compete against each other. Um, who won last year? I can't remember Johnson. who won. Kristen did. Kristen won last year. So, and that's an amazing event as well. We have so many people come in from the community just to cheer on the kids while they're competing. Um, win, lose, doesn't matter. They're all laughing, having fun, and just cheering on each other. I mean, it's, it's just a great day. It's, uh, during the spring, what we do is we do track and field and MATP, which is now called Fundamental Sports. Um, track and field, the kids will compete in a track event, running, walking, doesn't matter. Whatever they can do, we, we find an event for them. Um, and then the field portion, they do shot put, they do javelin, they do softball throw, uh, so many things. And um, we do that. We have been doing it all in one day, which makes for a very crazy day, but a fun day. Um, and during the same time, we have MATP, which is for our students who are um, differently abled. They just need a little bit more help, and they're not really able yet to do more of the track and field activities. So we have a special section for them where they can compete and have fun and do the things that they can do in an environment where they're successful. So we're able to do that during the spring. So um, that's a traditional year, which is awesome. And in between all of that, we have our secondary, you know, compete in areas and state tournaments for bowling, basketball, and track and field. So, so in our non-traditional year, how has COVID impacted what we've been doing in Special Olympics? Like, what's the status right now with Special Olympics? Well, it changed just last week. Um, we're able to do indoor practices now, but because it's, uh, it's past our bowling area, a bowling time, We've decided to do something a little bit different, but definitely COVID has impacted how we've been working with our Special Olympic um, athletes. This past year and a half, we've really had to try to think outside the box in how to have our athletes be competitive. And active. Active, you know, engaged in something outside of school. So we did, um, one of our APE coaches started a Facebook group where we could um, po post some challenges for our Special Olympic athletes to compete in. Um, last October, we had a movement challenge where the kids um, jotted down how many minutes they were exercising and what they were doing. We had a basketball challenge where our APE coaches would videotape a skill 
posted on the Facebook group, and then we challenged our, our Special Olympic kids and our adopted PE kids to practice that challenge, that basketball skill. We also had a, what we called a virtual extravaganza, where we all picked either a dance or a skill, something that we enjoyed. We made a video of it, and we posted it on our Facebook group for everyone to see and um, just challenge the kids to keep moving and to also try to build that community, keep that community together of our Special Olympic families. Um, because there were, like I said before, there was so much with the in-person competitive competition days that with COVID we were really missing out on that. So the Facebook group was really our opportunity to try to keep that community. Um, so yeah, COVID has definitely impacted us yes so right now what is the um challenge that special olympics is doing i think it's special olympics sona if i'm correct do you want to talk about that so what special olympics has um decided to do for this fall is um the sona Ch sona move challenge special olympic north america move challenge where essentially you can compete as an individual as a team, a traditional team, which is comprised of all Special Olympic athletes, or as a unified team in which there's a certain percentage for how many kids are unified and how many kids are Special Olympic athletes. So what they do is, like we did last October, they um, track how many minutes they're exercising. So what Northeast decided to do we, are, we made up our own teams based on our campuses, and we've been tracking the minutes that the kids are in PE, in adapted PE, and going to general PE, and exercising. We've been tracking those minutes, and we've also created a Google form for our parents to complete if the athletes are exercising at home. A lot of athletes are walking or they're biking at home and the parents are writing it in to their coaches that they're able to get that done at home too. So we're, we're trying our best to try to keep the kids moving and active um, with COVID going on. So. And they have also created a spirit of competition, right? So Absolutely. Talk to us about like the leaderboards and how all that works. So because we're tracking it through Special Olympics, um, it's a it's a North America competition, and um, Texas has the most athletes registered. And when you look at the teams and who's on the leaderboard for the teams, uh, we actually have one of our APE coaches in fourth place for um, Team Texas. The whole state for the whole state of Texas, she's in fourth place. And not only that, but when you look at what kind, what the teams are comprised of, the first three teams are either college teams or unified teams. She's actually first place for traditional athletes, which means that all of the students in, in that team are traditional Special Olympic athletes only. And that is Ms. Coach, Coach Kaza. Like. So on the leaderboard, when you log in, it says Texas, and then it says Casa Champs. So I think that's the name of her students, or the category of her students. Right, that's the name of her team. Yes, ma'am. Amazing. That makes uh, me want to light it, lights a fire in me. I'm going to try to knock her down, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be number one. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I've been screenshotting the um, the leaderboard with my Parks of Sparks and sending it to my parents. Like, y'all need to get moving when y'all are home. Yeah. I, I got to move up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, so that's our shout out today. Our shout out goes to Miss Melanie Caza, our adaptive PE teacher, who's fourth. But really, when it comes to traditional. Sona team, she's number one with yes. her team representing Northeast in Texas. Yes, ma'am. That is tremendous. Yay, Melody. Well That's done. a well shout done. out. Well, well done. So right now, just because of Special Olympics kind of being in a halt and everything, where are we at with like our students and like their medicals? Are we getting medicals? Are parents doing them? Are we getting them turned in? Are we just on a hold? What are we doing with all that? Well, unfortunately, because of COVID, a lot of our parents aren't going to the doctor the way that I know myself and my own children, I've been waiting a little bit to go to the doctor just with COVID. So unfortunately, a lot of our medicals have expired. And um, it sometimes it can be hard for some of our parents to get it filled out, completed, and turned in on time. So that is a big worry of mine, that when stuff does open up and we start competing again, that we're not going to have a lot of athletes eligible because of that medical. Can I ask a question? Yes, sir. What can parents do in our district? I mean, I know, and and even if they're not in our district, but personally in our district, what can parents do to, um, maybe they don't know where the information is at, who, who they need to reach out to, what would they need to have done well, within Northeast, um, if they have questions, they should contact their campus coach. Um, if they don't know who their coach is, just writing a note to the teacher, the teacher will find out who the coach is. But every school in Northeast has an adopted PE Special Olympic coach. Um, as far as getting the medicals completed, I always tell my parents, if you're going to the doctor for just a normal well-child checkup, take the medical along with you. And the greatest part is it's good for three years. So it's not a, they don't have to have it done every school year. Sure. It's only every three, school, every three years, unless there's a major medical issue. Sure. But even if it's like been two years, right? It, it, it only takes them going maybe to the SOTX.org, right? To get the medical sheet or, you know, and, and then they can just have it done while they're there. Get two birds, one stone situation, you know? That's right. what I tell my parents. You know, I go, hey, if, I mean, you, you, it's not expired yet, you know, but if you're going to go in the next year or so, here's the form. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I sometimes have students who are seven years old and they'll turn eight in November and I still send it home over the summer, even though they're not eligible to play until they're eight. Right. That way they get the medical done and the parents don't have to worry about it when the kids are turning eight. So I definitely send it home as often as I can, especially during like November break and sure. Christmas break and things like that. That way they can get it done during that time. time. Absolutely. Yes. And they have the medicals have to be completed on the medical forms, the Special Olympic forms. They cannot use a different one? Correct. Um, they have a new form that came out at the beginning of 2019, I believe, that they gave us a grace period of about six months, but now they only that form that they'll allow as far as um, being eligible to compete in Special Olympics. So yeah, they have to have that form. You can't use uh, a form that you've completed for a camp or anything like that. 
They'll still accepting UIL athletic participation forms, but I believe those are only good for a year. So I tell my parents, just get the medical done that's on the Special Olympic form. That way you don't have to worry about it next summer. That's right. So, yeah. So what do you anticipate is going to happen in January? Can you make a, a guess? Can you um, make a wish? What do you think is going to happen in January? Well, my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed, everything's crossed, but I really hope things go back to normal. I had a moment yesterday where it really felt like things were heading in the right direction and we were going to be able to start doing basketball in January. Um, but that's always the hope. But with COVID, we've all learned that you never know what's going to happen, so we have to have a backup plan. But um, my hope and my I pray that we can get back to normal and start doing basketball in January. Yeah. Yes. So how do you think the whole COVID has impacted our athletes like emotionally? Oh, yeah, it's definitely impacted them. I think it's impacted everybody. I, I mean, so. the parents, the athletes, I think that they haven't had an opportunity to shine the way they were when we were in Special Olympics. I know as a coach, I miss it. So, I mean, that's the hi that was the highlight in this past year and a half. It's been rough not being able to do that. So. Oh, I feel you. Yeah, I'm the same way. I loved it. And I love organizing it, and I love planning it, and I love going and seeing and doing and just the smiles and cheering them on and handing out ribbons. I miss it all, and I know our kids miss it too. But, I mean, we are trying our best to try to give them as much as we can with all the restrictions that we do have. But yeah, it's definitely impacted our athletes as well as our coaches and our parents and our families and everybody. Yeah, I kept so many people stop and tell me that their favorite day of work is the day of track and field. Absolutely. So they love going down there and being with their athletes and it's just a great day. And when mm -hmm. we haven't had that for two years, it's been hard for our students. Yes. You know, you've got football started back up, you've got dance team cheerleaders, you know, but when it comes to our students and their big event, Special Olympics, and that's still been postponed, it's very difficult, I think. Yes. You know, for our families. Yep. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us today, our second Thursday for our podcast. Definitely um, got some great information about Special Olympics and what you do as our head of delegation. You always do a great job for us. Thank you, Ms. Awesome. Morris. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And once again, a shout out to Ms. Kaza. Congratulations. Definitely. Congratulations, <laughs> Melody, representing Texas. The We're coming for you, though. <laughs> That's right. We are. You know that. And that's a wrap.